Communications Broadcasting Station. The only no-filter sports show in Kentucky. It's the Alan Cutler Show with award-winning TV sportscaster Alan Cutler. I always enjoyed being around you, Alan, the way you covered sports with a passion. You spoke your mind, and uh, you treated everyone fairly. And I think that's why all the players don't mind coming back and doing this stuff, and they love having conversations with you and catching up again because you, you treated everyone the right way. No filter is no filter. The voice of Central Kentucky with no filter. I love talking to you about this kind of stuff because you, you get it. Sent to center, Friedel flying back. Extends to the wall, it's over his reach, it's off the wall. Carroll racing for third, they're going to wave him for an inside the Parker. De La Cruz from short, his throw to the plate, the tag, they got him! Carroll tried to come around, and the Reds' defense up to the task. Friedel, De La Cruz, dead at home plate on the tag from Stevenson, a dynamite play! Don't pull on Superman's cape and don't test Ellie De La Cruz. I think Ellie Cruz has an arm problem. Didn't hit 100 miles an hour. It was only 99.7 on that relay. Only 99.7. And the ball comes to center field, and it's kind of three quarters. And it's not a lollipop throw. Well, it's a lollipop throw compared to Cruz. But it's not a lollipop throw. And then Cruz throws the ball. It's like, boom. It's like a heat-seeking missile. There's nobody else in baseball, I don't think, that could have thrown him out. And by the way, if you watch the play, uh, like a lot of guys, he wasn't at shortstop, and he wasn't at short center field. He was fairly deep. Not super deep, but fairly deep. Meow, pew. Jimmy, if Torres of the Yankees was throwing that ball, you would have beat it out. <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably why. He's so terrible. I think. Uh, He's so terrible. <laughs> I don't think Carroll realized that uh, Ellie was at short. Sure he realized. You know what happens? They're still challenging him a little bit, not as much, because they're going, he can't be this good. And then they go, oh, blank, blank. He is that good. <laughs> Holy mackerel. Good afternoon. We're efforting uh, Mark Stoops live, which uh, Jimmy is uh, trying to monitor in his ear. This will be the first press conference as they get ready for Ball State on Saturday. And actually, we'll have the Ball State play-by-play guy, Mark Tidrow. Never heard of him. wonder if he's related to Dick, the former Yankee pitcher. Probably not. Had one of the great mustaches in baseball. Do you remember him? Of course. Now, Steve Moss remembers him because he's old and he's my guest. We'll join him at 1230. But, Jimmy, do you remember Dick Tidro? No. Of course not. Great name. Fantastic name. Uh, No, no. His mustache was better. Seriously. The dude had a mustache and he was fearless. He's the kind of guy that might have had a pop after the game, stayed out late, came up the next guy, and he stood right behind your ears. I could be wrong about all of that, but he looked like that. And he was in an era where those things kind of happened. Uh, if I can sneak this in before Stoops, this is so bad. I am 70 years old. And it might be, at least in my memory, which goes back before Jimmy's time, the worst insult the Yankees have ever had. So the Yankees race are going at it. I don't know what the Yankees hit five guys over the series or something like that, and they kept on hitting him, and they kept on going, oh, the pitch slipped. I love the Yankees, and I don't buy that crap. Really? It slipped? You're trying to throw a sinker, and you miss it by like six, seven feet, and you hit the guy in the shoulder, another guy in the head, a sinker, low and outside, and it's up and in. Please. I love the Yankees. And I'm going, I don't buy it. Uh, Brendan Lau. Brendan Lau. You ready for this? We don't need to worry about that. We need to focus on what we need to do down the stretch. Looking at it in a different view, you ready for this, Jimmy? Mm -hmm. Moss, you'll love this. 
That's a last place team. Oh, oh. You know, on the one hand, I said that hurt. On the other hand, guess what? It's the damn truth. The Yankees suck. They are a last place team. And actually, guess what? They play like a last place team. I've been saying forever. They got slow pitch softball guys playing the field. It's pretty simple. The game has changed. The Reds, can you believe it? The Reds were ahead of the curve drafting athletes for like four years now. Who knew the Reds were so smart? Not me. Not until it came together this year. I was behind figuring out what they were doing. I knew they had a lot of prospects. I knew I liked a lot of the guys that got in the trades. This good? Hell no. Had no idea. None at all. All right, we'll keep on going until Jimmy says, now Stoops always was really good about being on time. It's 12.05. Historically speaking, rarely was he 12.02. Uh, part of the reason, because Stoops is, is usually pretty good anally about being on time. It's not up. I, you've got the screen up, and that's fine. And the second thing at the time, you know, I don't know about now. Mossy probably knows. But they were hitting the SEC Network Live, and so they'd be really good about doing it. And Stoops is really good about doing it. So, anyway, it's here. Now, this is live now. I just got a notice. Oh, yeah. it's They're live. There's just nothing happening. Oh. That's what is on here. It's, it's, it's technically live, and it started at noon. But So, in other words, until you see Stoops' pretty face? Yeah, like the video forever, like all the news there, whoever's covering it is live. But there's just uh, nothing happening. Okay, I like Is this it. a sign for the, for the season? Here we Is go. this a bad omen? Here's Mark Stoops. Let's oh, go to Mark Stoops' press conference live. That's the uh, first part of Mark Stoops. And uh, if there's anything important, we will uh, be all over Twitter, 9,000 people tweeting at once. You know what they should do? Is that this should be, you know what happens when like an umpire will talk? There's one designated reporter, and then you have to tell everybody else. Can't keep it for yourself? That's BS. And nobody would do that. So there should be one designated is it Twitter, Twitty? What the heck do you call it? I'm well, not now it would be like an X. No, no. Hey, we don't say X on the show. Poster. Poster, whatever. But it should be one person. And then they should have a list of everybody who would tweet and then just send it to everybody. Because, you know, you cover a game. This is what would drive me nuts. You know, it's bad for everybody. It's not just TV. It's bad for newspapers. It's, it's bad for everybody. You got to tweet. You got to write a story online. You got to take care of Facebook. Oh, you got to chart the game. And you got to write your TV story. In other words, could you do it? Yes. Was it fun? No. It didn't become fun. And so when, when a game's going on, I laugh. Especially, you know, be, when I was retired, I'd be at home. Well, I was at the game, you know, for years and years. And you see 12 tweets, the same thing. <laughs> Rarely is there anything different. And I got to tell you, try not to tweet the obvious. Give me a stat or something. That's what I tried to do. And sometimes I succeeded. Sometimes I didn't. Give me something that meant something with what was going on. Not like, hey, guess what? They just scored again. Well, guess what? By the time you did it, 12 guys already beat you to it, even if you're going to because some guys type faster than me. Well, there were people six feet below that type faster than me, but that's not the point. You understand what the point is. Okay, I want to do a couple things on relationships, and this is part positive and part kind of the world we live in. Matthew Stafford, okay, so he's 95 years old and still playing quarterback for the Rams, and if he's healthy, he's still a hell of a quarterback. He's got an issue. He's got an issue. Does he have any kids in grade school, Jimmy? I think he has three, three girls yeah. that are all, I think, around kindergarten Something like They're that. young. He, yeah. Okay, he's 33, 4, whatever the heck it is. Been around for a long time. He's had, done a hell of a job. He's got a great career. He's got a Super Bowl and stuff. He's having an issue. It's kind of funny. He... 
has difficulty connecting with his younger teammates. So he has a staff print out their Facebook pages and pictures so he can look at them to try to know the names. He said, because I don't see them. He said, we come in our meeting room and I'm talking and guess what they're all doing? Their damn heads is down and they're in their phones. I know what I would do if I was him and he would get, he'd tick guys off, but he would own the room. Hey, put your damn phones away. You're an NFL player making a fortune. Shut the blank up and learn what the heck we're doing. So Kelly, who gets away with it, right, she's a lovely mouthpiece for Matthew, right? Does she get away with it? Yeah, she's got her podcast, yeah. and she goes on there. And she's been very vocal before last year in the playoffs, or must have been two years ago in the playoffs, when the Rams' home playoff game was not a home playoff game, was full of away fans. She let him have it. She's no filter. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, we need to get no filter T-shirts. Anyway, she says they get out of practice and meetings during training camp, and they go straight to their phones. No one looks up for their phones. Matthew's like, I don't know. Am I the dad? Do I take the phones? What do I do here? He's like, I want to see me not as the coach. They say, sir, to him. And can I say this word? It's S-H-I. Am I allowed to say that? Uh, no. No? I can't say that? No. Oh, really? All right. Let me tell you what. I did not know this. Uh, let me give Steve Moss credit here. Mickey DeMoss did that no-phone thing. That I knew, but this is what I did not know. Costa player a roster spot once at Kentucky. You know who the player was? You're going to tell me on the air? And that's fair. I, I got to ask, and I'm good if you don't. Wow. Didn't Cal, Cal's taken away. He made a big deal of it last year or whatever. He's taken away, you know, road trips. Guys sleep better and stuff like that. And, and part of it is they sleep better. Part of it. Every, you know, it's people say, well, they're teenagers. B.S., I'll throw a 40-year-old out there hearing negative crap about themselves, and it'll bother them. Me, I'm too old. It doesn't matter anymore. When I was 30, would it bother me? Hell yeah. But I trained myself 100% of the time? No. Almost all the time, crap that I heard about me after I became a veteran. Got to be honest about it. I just, <laughs> off my back. But it's difficult. So when these people say, well, you know, he's just a kid. It'll really bother him. Shut up. I'll do, put that stuff out on, on social media about you, and you'll go crazy. Matter of fact, you might go worse than these kids. The hypocrisy of adults saying they're just kids. Some of these kids got to deal with tons of crap all the time. So anyway, uh, Jimmy said I can't say that word. It just starts with SH. If you can't figure it out, I can't help you. And so he, she goes on to say, he's like, no, we're on the same level. We're both playing the league. Let me get to know you. This is crazy. I think Matthew Stafford is soft. Seriously. You know what? What's that? I'm going to go cross the line with no filter. Oh. Okay, let me ask you a question since I want you to be the jerk here, since I'm the jerk all the time. Okay. Who wears the pants in that family? I mean, I'm sure. Answer the I question. His wife does. Oh. <laughs> well, also. No, no, no. Come on. Come on. No, no we're I'm... in the same league here. We're both playing the league. Let me get, get you. Are you kidding? She would walk in and say, put the blank phone down. She would probably come in with a basket. She also say, she also has a podcast that she when you do it you obviously want to go above and beyond to say things you know probably partly tongue in cheek. So no, I don't think she's tongue in cheek. I oh, think you okay. got it right the first time. Oh, I think she's no filter. I oh yes, yeah, she is. She's but, defending her man. Yeah, but I don't think Matthew Stafford literally means like I can't talk to him. I don't know what to do. He knows what to do and he knows he can talk to him. He's she was exaggerating it for the, me, for the story. Has he taken their phones? 
No, has he, ta- has he and told I don't them think to he, put their phones away? No, but I don't think I he think needs he can. to. I think what he's saying is, and Aaron Rodgers went through this last year. He talked about it with the Packers. Yes, he's he like, did. Yes, he did. He's like, guys don't go out anymore. They stay at home, and they play video games together. That's how they hang out. And I think that's what Stafford's saying. Like at lunch or when you're not in meetings, when you have, or you're perfectly fine to have your phone, the guys just, there's no more like sitting and, and talking face-to-face. Everyone would just rather, you know, tag each other in memes or something. And that's just what the younger guys do. And I think that's more what Stafford's saying is, it's a the generational gap. He doesn't literally need to take their phones because he can't talk to them. So he needs to take their phones away. <laughs> well, that would not be a good idea. No, he needs to. He's the boss. He's the quarterback. But like that's the thing. Is, when, some... when do you give the phones back then? At the and end why, of what? The end of the meeting. That, I don't think he's talking about meetings. I think he's talking about just in the locker room. And that well, when they're just hanging out. Well, that's different. Okay, hang on. If it's just the locker, I I derive this as also meetings. In the locker room, guys can do whatever they want. You can't take their phones away. If they are in in meetings, like team meetings, offensive meetings, there's no way that they have their phones out. That's a coaching issue, then, not a Stafford issue. There's no way these guys are on their phones in a team meeting. Quarterbacks no. often run separate and their own meetings. Been going on since before you didn't know who John Brody was. Yeah. Can you believe this, Mossy? It's one of the. I mean, he's got a San Francisco. I, I, I destroy you with this all the time. He's got something on with San Francisco every day. You can not turn on Mossy. I'll introduce Mossy later. He's got something with San Francisco on every day. I'm not even man enough, no filter to know if he's got underwear. I don't want to know, and it's okay. So he's got something San Francisco. You would think somebody on the left coast loves San Francisco, loves him. He didn't know who John Brody was. Really? Yeah. I'm. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> I guess. I, I guess I've. Supposed to know him. I know a lot of other players, but Wait, he's, the, he's the one. Not that. because he was a scratch golfer and won a lot of money as a golfer when his NFL career was over. Yeah. He was like the best NFL golfer for a long time. Went on the senior tour That's or whatever. That's true. I'd he's, forgotten about that. He, he started for exaggeration. A thousand years as a starting quarterback. Yeah. Mr. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Vomp, you know, man about town. Yeah. Got a lot of pub. Yeah. Before that Notre Dame guy got in there, he was... The 49. I do know who the Notre Dame guy is, but I guess that doesn't count. <laughs> or like Tom Rathman. Like, I know him. Yeah. He was very good. That was Great a lot, long time. Yeah, but no, 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 that was years later. You should know who Birdie is. I guess I should have. All right, relationships. I failed. You see how he's great, but you see how he drives me nuts? Hey, by the way, on the cell phone thing, you remember when the, uh, the Louisville players were on the sideline texting that their coach was leaving? Oh, yeah, John L. Smith. Cell phones have been around for a while. Yeah, they have. Uh, by the way, you do know cell phones have been around for longer than you were doing this, right? I think so. Okay. Yeah. Relationships. When I grew up, though, I didn't have a phone. Well, likewise. Yeah. I'm right at I'm right at that cutoff age. I remember party line. Yeah, I'm right at the age where I, I grew up with no too. no Wi-Fi or nothing. At least you know what a payphone is. Oh yeah, I've used payphones. Pagers, up. pagers. I don't know so much about, but I remember. I'd them. pick up the phone as a kid, and there'd be somebody talking on it. It was my neighbor. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, and it was crazy. Actually, I found out how somebody at Channel 18, not going to say his name on there, got fired when he texted me on the pager. I guess page, I, you know, could text on a pager. That I'll tell you off. I remember wearing those. Those bad, ugly things. Okay, I got to uh, finish this relationships. I think Sean Casey's doing a good job from what we can see, although you don't know. So the on-base percentage for the Yankees has gone up exponentially. First of all, it couldn't get worse. It's gone up exponentially since he took over. And so uh, Casey has been called the mayor for a 1,000 years because he doesn't shut up. He's no filter, and I think he'd be really good on TV. 
And I know he's had TV offers and has wanted to be around the family and his kids. And so this Yankee thing, he doesn't need money. This Yankee thing is a test, and they'll talk about it at the end of the year. See, that's what happens when you have a lot of money. Yeah, okay, I'll try it, and I'll see if I like it. If I don't, I can go back to doing nothing. And, and more power to him. So DJ LeMay, who has looked like he's 42, 43 years old for at least half of the season. He could never run to begin with. He's slower than you know what. Couldn't catch up with a fastball. And I'm gone. He's almost in the midst of a six-year contract, which he held out and the Yankees gave in, which was dumb. I wouldn't have given more than three, but that's neither here nor there. And you're going, he can't hit. You got three more years and $45 million. The Yankees are really, really stupid. Well, all of a sudden, Casey shows up. And Casey, because, you know, it's funny. Some of these guys make a lot of money, but guess what? Some people are shy. It doesn't matter if you make a lot of money. You are who you are. So Casey spent a short time period, about a year and a half or whatever it was, in Detroit. During that time period, he had some conversations with LeMahieu's dad. He didn't know at the time how much LeMahieu back then, I think he was probably in high school, was going to Detroit games. So they found a way to bond and talk about each other. And he says, I got to know you as a person so you trust me. He's made some minor adjustments, minor adjustments. And since the All-Star break, I'm not saying he's the best hitter in the American League. That's BS. Is he one of the better hitters in the American League? Since the All-Star break, yeah, with his on-base percentage, his batting average, he had two home runs the other day. Man, I'm looking at the home runs and going, who is this guy? I mean, he has been so slow with the bat. I'm going, they have to pay this guy for all these years. He's terrible. Well, he's gotten it back again. And so Casey, now, Casey hasn't gotten to the two young kids so far, and he's got to do that. But the point is, it's all about what? Relationships. For Matthew Stafford, it's all about what? Relationships. And I got to tell you, you know, they're stoking about the cell phones and this and that with the Rams, that's fine. That's superfluous. It's secondary. If Stafford doesn't fix that, they can't win big. Want to know why? They don't have the bonding. They don't have the trust. He's not comfortable around him. You can say what you want with his wife is saying stuff. He's not comfortable around these 22-year-old kids. And by the way, I'm not saying it's wrong, but what does Aaron Rodgers do? I don't know if he does this. Aaron Rodgers, on purpose, will not sit with the same people during training camp. I thought it's really smart. He's not the first person to do it, but it's Aaron R. Rodgers, right? If, if he has a hiccup, it's news, right? Mm-hmm. If he farts, it's news. If he belches, it's news. It's just Aaron Rodgers. And so he's turned guys down for lunch because he wants to go sit with a defensive guy. Oh, my gosh, that's so smart. It really is so smart. And what I can't stand about so many people who don't like Aaron Rodgers, first of all, the jealous. Here's the other thing. Remember the thing he did for three days? What do you call that? We're in, in the darkness. Oh, the darkness retreat. Oh, that's what yeah. it's called. Okay. First of all, have you ever been in a dark room for an hour by yourself? I don't think so. Okay, I'll bet you, here I go with a soda pop. I don't drink soda. I'll bet you, you couldn't handle an hour. In the complete isolation? Yes. From what a lot of people say, it is very tough. I can't, not Especially look. knowing the whole entire time, you have the ability to leave. You're not locked in there. He said there's a light switch right there and there's a door. Well, there needs you- to be, otherwise... Panic would set in. Yeah. And if you can't do it, you can't do it. Nobody looks down on you. Yeah. Why would you look down and you're trying to do something different? What bothers me because I am different is that all the people that don't like him because he's different. Oh, first of all, I don't know what he's gained by it. You know what? I'm curious. What has he learned from that experience that I don't know? What has he learned to make himself a better person that I don't know? Instead of somebody saying, ah, that idiot, he's sending three days in the dark. What would you do? You have no idea. The people ripping him are not going to use the word ignorant. I paused because I was about to use another word. Not that you'd have to hit a button, but it would be too strong. Open your ears to be open-minded. 
You know, my brother-in-law is really smart. So not 100% of the time, but almost all the time I eat organic. I haven't eat, The only thing I've eaten non-organic in the last four or five days, beers, I refuse to try. I, I did try organic beer. Masi, don't try it. It's awful. It's really, it really no, is awful. I'm not going to do it. No. So am I perfect? No, I don't claim I'm perfect. But I can go days without eating, didn't say drinking, eating anything that's not organic. My brother-in-law is he's a really smart guy, engineer, brainy, the whole thing. You still on that weird diet? I'm not on a weird diet. I've been doing this now since 2018. It's a lifestyle change. A fad is how some of the ways I've lost weight. Not with pills and stuff like that, but basically say, whatever, I'm going to cut out this, and then when you stop, you put the weight back. Trust me, it doesn't work. Well, it works, and then it doesn't work quickly, neither here nor there. And so people are too close-minded. I would love to sit down. I don't have to talk to Aaron Rodgers. He don't want to talk to me, and that's fine. I'd love to talk to somebody about the darkness for three days. By the way, am I saying I want to do it? No. Am I saying I'm open-minded to it? Yeah. I can't imagine I'd survive an hour. Now, by the same token, too, I meditated for 45 minutes today in the dark. And although maybe Judy would like to lock the door on me, but <laughs> I'm not going to ask. <laughs> you know, sometimes you don't ask when you know what the answer will be. Yeah. I, there's a light switch there, trust me. You know, it's dark, whatever. I'm very comfortable. But I also know there's a finite. Now, I get you. If you're doing three days and you can get up, and that's fine. But you don't want to get up. And, and there'll be something inside of you as a competitor that says, okay, I gave in, which is okay. But what do you learn from it? Anyway, I, I, I think when it comes to communications, Aaron Rodgers is so far ahead of Matthew Stafford, it's not even funny. Sean Casey, with everything he knows about baseball, is attempting to find ways to communicate because of what? Relationships. So you have Aaron Rodgers. I think he's a great communicator. You know, and I wonder how many guys in that Green Bay locker room are really happy he's gone. Probably more so than we'll ever know. I also think there's probably some guys in there that love him more than they care to admit because it probably wasn't cool to admit how much that they really liked Aaron Rodgers. And I really do believe the offensive line loved him. Sure, he picked up the tab all the time. But so what? Quarterbacks do that all the time. His best friends were offensive linemen. Roethlisberger's best friends were offensive linemen. It's not an accident. You hang with these guys. They're protecting your fanny. So, so many people who say, oh, he's just weird or he didn't win enough. There were a lot of years he was good enough. The Green Bay team was good, but they weren't good enough to win. Blame the stinking quarterback all the time. Blame the quarterback. Jimmy, I did it again. Do you think I got 10% of my, my uh, monologue out? Maybe right at 10. <sighs> yeah. This is nuts. Moss, look. One page. Two page. Oh, well, third page is a graphic. I'm impressed you've got notes. Oh, I, and sometimes I don't pay attention to it. I copy and paste everything, and then I just go off. And then sometimes I'll look down an hour later going, okay, I did this. I didn't do any of that. Last one, Kirk Kirkstreet. They will take a break, and we'll introduce Steve properly. Did you see him on Saturday? Did you guys see him? No. Mm-mm. Team he picks to be surprised in, in the SEC is? Kentucky. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. But he and he and Mark have a good relationship, and, and he's always – kind of been he's been nice to Kentucky he has I, you know when, I, when he doesn't have to be correct but I don't think he picks Kentucky because of that I don't think it hurts right 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 but I don't think he's gonna because now let's put it this way if Kentucky goes two and ten which you're not gonna do that's not the point but if Kentucky goes two and ten forget about the fact that he does like stoops and they are friends and I could see how they both are as people why they'd be friends he's still not going to do it because if Kentucky stinks this year which they're not going to stink it's on him Nobody will know except you and I 
in, and people in the Commonwealth that they're friends. Somebody in Ohio say, yeah, look at that. Herb Street, who had to move his damn family. When I say damn, excuse me, not damn family. He had to move because of the damn fans at Ohio State forced him out, which in the last 10 years, I'm not saying it's the most disgusting thing I've seen. It's one of the most disgusting things. Gee, you don't kiss the butt of Ohio State every day. I got a dear friend of mine, last thing. He, he listens to the show in Louisville. We've been friends since the 1970s. He was in the business. Powerful in the business. And um, I sent uh, something to somebody else who we're all good friends. He's better friends with Bob, neither here nor there. Names aren't important. You wouldn't know him anyway, so I'm not hiding. It just doesn't make a difference. So he tells Bob, Cutler is just killing Kentucky. Am I? Sometimes I praise the heck out of him. I'm just not shy about it. Do you think I killed Kentucky? I'm destroying Kentucky? No. I don't know what they would be referring to. Now, am I critical, Cal? Hell yeah. yeah. Like middle of the summer when they had seven guys on the roster. Yeah. Yeah. You were being, that. I would say you were being critical Was of I them. critical in February? Yeah. Yeah. Was I critical in January? Yeah. Was I critical in December? Yeah. Did I compliment the hell out of him in June when he added those players, two of which he never would have recruited before this, and I don't give a rat said he said he had a plan. That wasn't the plan. That's just BS. I'm sorry, Cal. You have a lot of BS in you. You're in the Hall of Fame. You deserve being in the Hall of Fame. But please, don't tell me you don't have BS. Don't look me in the eye. Try to look me out and you have BS. Guys that he hired, spectacular. He's really done a hell of a job. So I compliment him when he does this. Why does everybody in this town think you got to kiss his you-know-what? Matt Jones still kisses him more than he should. He's not getting anything from him. Why would he kiss his you-know-what? You used to get everything from him. And then guess what? Cal cut him off. Am I lying, Moss? No. Tell me I'm saying it. By the no. way, it's not the first time I've said this. I'm not doing this to say this because you're here to put you on this. How many times have I talked about Matt Jones now getting nothing? For months and months and months and yeah. months. I just kind of stick it in there. And by the way, before the break, Ryan didn't answer the text. I get it. Uh, Godspeed. I don't know what's going on. Uh, Matt put out a thing that there was a fire in his house. Yeah. He was in Boston. He came back. Um, whatever it is. Um, and from what I've heard, the damages might be a little more than even what Ryan had, had expected. It usually is. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you've got to use water to put the fire out. Uh, Yeah. That was, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. You're doing water, it's not a good thing. Anyway. Here's hoping it's quick and, and not as painful as, as maybe even Ryan expects. Yeah. And he's a realtor. Yeah. Well, he's a realtor, but you got, you got to deal with insurance now. Yeah. Estimates, 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 whatever you're doing, dude. Um. KSR has made you a star. You know what's kind of interesting? I've got two or three things in the last week or so. Oh, yeah, Ryan was on Channel 18. We just know him from KSR. Well, he's been gone from, from 18 for a long time, and two, he's become, I'm not insulting 18. The truth is he's become much bigger because he's on KSR. That's true. That's just, it is what it is. Not No filtering the TV station negatively. They do good stuff, and they do stuff that drives me crazy. No different from all three TV stations, right? I know your station is perfect, right? We're far from perfect, <laughs> but we try. I mean, that's the goal. Well, it's true. We, tr- we tried, too. Did we always win? No! Okay. Time to shut up. Steve Moss in the house. Am I late? Oh, I'm two minutes late. That's actually pretty good for me. Terry Page. Terry, Terry, Terry Page. Check her out. I'll see you tomorrow. She's helped tremendously. 859-373-0578. 0578 I've used Mike Langfels as an example. He put a couple things on Facebook. He went to see Terry because of the show, and he got lots of help, and he sent other people. And so many of you, <clears throat> more than I would have dreamed, to be honest, have gone to see her because of 
talking about her every day on the show. Terry Page, she's great. She's great. She really is. You know, it's funny. I've had five or six people in the last probably four or five weeks of the white. Is she really that good? And I just kind of go, gosh, if she wasn't really that good, I wouldn't say so. And I've said this. If there's a product the station wants me to talk about and I don't like the product, I'm not going to do it. I know that's not how you're supposed to do it in the business, but I don't care. Now, if there's a product they want me to talk about and I like it, happy to. Happy to. It's pretty simple. 859-373-0578. Terry Page in Lexington at Top Notch Salon in Lexington. Steve Moss coming up next, 1300 AM, 92.5 FM. The Alan Cutler Show on ESPN, 92.5 and 1300 AM. And on the... We are Kentucky. It's summertime, and that means it's time to hit the road. Whether you're heading across town or across the state, going on a picnic to a baseball game or driving to the lake, stop by, fill up, and stock up at Clark's Pump and Shop, your road trip headquarters. Clark's Pump and Shop has everything you need to get you to your summertime destination, including five-hour energy shots, buy two, get one free, and Mountain Dew, Pepsi, and Dr. Pepper 20-ounce bottles, three for $5. Clark's Pump and Shop. Return. Refresh. Refuel. Houchins Insurance Group is proud to partner with Auto Owners Insurance, a company that provides opportunity for independent agents to make insurance simple for their clients, offering risk management services that range from a renter's policy for your college student to home and auto coverage for your entire family. Houchins Insurance Group assures you that nobody works harder to keep you protected from life's uncertainties. Reach out to A.J. Boss or Zach Bennett at 859-263-2771 to see if Auto Owners Insurance makes sense for you. Overdraft fees? More like no overdraft fees. With a simple access checking account from Republic Bank, you don't have to worry about overdraft fees because there are none. But there's more. Simple access checking may allow you to access your direct deposit up to two business days early and gives you the convenience of a Republic Bank MasterCard debit card. Learn more at republicbank.com simple. It's just easier here. Member FDIC. Lexington area weather. Partly cloudy skies and a few rain showers in the forecast for your Monday afternoon highs reaching the low 80s. Most of that rain will stay south and east of Lexington today. Tonight we will fall into the low 60s with more rain showers moving in late in the overnight and into your early Tuesday. This time Lexington could get in the mix, especially early in the day on Tuesday. Good news is we'll stay dry though the rest of the week. I'm ABC 36 Storm Team Meteorologist Dylan Goday. Matthew was in Eddie and the Cruisers and St. Elmo's Fire. Jimmy can finally go see R-rated movies without an adult. Matthew and Jimmy, weekdays 10 to noon on ESPN 92.5 and 1300 AM. Back to No Filter Radio with Alan Cutler. Podcasts on Apple, Spotify, and Google, Monday through Friday. You know what I don't know about Steve Moss? Was he shooting when film was there in 1960-something? No. No. Uh, you started as a shooter when? Uh, 89. Okay. I interned there in 88. At KYT? Yes. You got hired from there? Correct. So guys like you and Brian Gilbert, who's now our assignment at our, I don't work there anymore, but. Always, our, always affiliated. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm proud to be affiliated. Yeah, you're always going to be family. Yeah, and that's good. Well, they don't call anymore. <laughs> Keith will be on the show Wednesday. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Actually, they have called more than I expected. Not very much. And why should they? You know, 
I'm I'm old news to them, and I get it. They yeah, got, but you know where some you know you know where some old file video might be that others don't. Um, that's what Rob gets all the calls about. Yeah, but there's a yes and no. So you guys had a better file system than we did. I used to complain about it all the time. If I remember the story, you guys hired two people at like minimum wage to work. Like this is the story we got. Tell me if it's wrong. And I used it to try to get our station to do it. You hired two young people. Eight-hour shifts, and they went through the old three-quarter tapes, and and they would they would dub it across and, and put down what they wore. Was that true? That is true. But the drawback of the minimum wage thing was that you know there's the tracking aspect of the videotape, and sometimes the tracking would get off, and they wouldn't recognize. Oh, what do I need to do to make the the the, the, the video sync back up? So some of our file. The, it's track, a little the tracking is off. Okay, but you could figure, but if you know it's in the but same yes, ballpark. We did that. Yeah, okay. And so I would complain to our management. You know what they would tell me? Why don't you do it yourself? And I go, you know what I told one of the general managers? I work more than you do. <laughs> and I'm not doing it. And I work Saturdays and sometimes Sundays if I have to. And I'm working over 70 hours a week. Don't you have free time? There's never any free time. That's right. I got into some bad fights about it. And I'm going, this stuff is going to go away. So guess what happened? And, he went and away. then here, ten years later or fifteen years later, we're we're on a totally different file format with digital, you know, now coming of age, and we don't know what to do with the three quarter inch videotape. Ours or, is gone, or the beta. Yeah, we don't, you know, we don't have the machines to play those back. So it is a problem. It is a problem, and yeah. and the sad part is not often, but when you need something, you should be able to type it in a computer. Right. It should pop up right away. I don't give a rat. It's from nineteen seventy eight. You should be able to get it. And there's so many really cool stories. You know, the where are they now stories, uh, history stories, looking back in time. I mean, you should be able to pop up Dan Issel footage like snap your fingers. We can't. Maybe you can. No, no, we can't. It's wrong. It is. It's just wrong. Anyway, so um, no, we try stuff like that. So you became sports photographer number one for KYT1. Uh, 95. Okay. Tom Gifford was there. Giff, great photographer. Yeah. Got a job in Milwaukee, where which is, is where he's home. Okay. That's home to him. Okay. He's still there. He has his own business now. Yeah, that I knew. Okay. Uh, Giff was a great videographer. Kayline Shouts was my mentor. And he's a great photographer too. You know, he, it's, you know, it's he's in- working for, uh, well, he's working for NFL films now and he shoots a lot for Indy. Oh, I didn't for- know he was doing NFL films. Oh, yeah. I knew the Indy. Yeah. Andy Pollard works for NFL Films. That's right. You know what's interesting? All three stations. And I've made a big deal of saying this is not just Channel 18 because I worked at Channel 18. There's some really good people at all three stations. Very talented people. And just because it's a smaller market, never get the the credit due. Yep. Yep. Punk. Oh, yeah. Greg Gore. Yeah. You know, he's waffled about coming on the show. And I get it because he now works for UK. Right. So he's got to be a little yeah. bit careful. The goal was actually to have you and Punk here together. Oh, okay. Which means he could tell some stories about me that he busted my chops that you would have liked and you would have <laughs> picked on. So I've asked him about three times and I gave up. That's, uh, if that, I had known that, I would have dragged him in here. Seriously? Yeah. I thought I told you that. No. Oh. Yeah. Matter of fact, when I told him initially, whenever it was, last October, I was about to do the show and I'm putting a list together. I still, I've got a ridiculously long list. haven't gotten through half of it yet. And as of a month ago, we had, we've now had almost 250 different guests. That's cool. And some guests, you know, like, you know, Roger Harden hasn't been on for a couple of weeks. Who, who do you think has the most times on? Is it Roger, probably? I would either say... Uh, Jeremy Cottle? No, I'd say Roger. Probably Roger. Yeah, I think so, he's... But I count Roger as one. 
because you've been on ten times. That doesn't count. I'm I'm little sure. And uh, so I now have it on a spreadsheet. This is embarrassing. I didn't even know how to do a spreadsheet. My son had to put it together for me on vacation. He's dad. Really, you can't do it. I've never done it before, Dad. It'll take me like seconds. I don't know how to do it either. Well, it's it really helps now because every oh, okay. time I have a guest since I started, I put it on the spreadsheet so I can see when the guest. He's going, Dad. You joined the 20th century. I said it's 2023. He said, Yeah, you're 100 years away, and he's right. Um, there's a lot of talent people in all all the places in town. It, it, I mean, I always thought I was lucky. As you know, what you know the guys. How many great photographers did I work with? Well, Rob Lynch. Yeah. Robbie. Yeah. Punk. There were others. Brooks, Brooksy. Brooks J. Merriweather, who started out at our place. Right. And, uh, by the way, who texted me this morning. He now has two children. Uh, one's in uh, seventh grade and one's in fourth grade. We, we, he uh, texts me all the time with his family pictures. Yeah, I, I get, love it. I get, uh, I'm sorry. And he's now won 15 Emmys there, by the way. I knew it was a bunch. I know it was 15. Yeah. He's, a, he's a good good photographer. Sorry for stepping on you, but we trade. We, we don't text all the time. We trade Christmas pictures and stuff birthdays and pictures a couple times a year that's it but he has maybe the best laugh in the history of lexington television he does and i'll never forget uh you know he threw it around the office all the time when he was a part-time guy over at our place before he went full-time at your place and then one night we let him fly in the helicopter on a friday night and he hit the back door coming back from the games squealing like a little kid (laughs) I'm a soldier. I'm a <laughs> and he he ran up the stairs, uh, and he was like, "Moss, I want to do that again next Friday because he had never flown before, right, in an airplane or a helicopter." Correct. Such a such a sweet guy. Uh, yeah, I really love is. him to death. Uh, and he's I see him being the quintessential family man and father. Well, you know, he's a single dad now, and he takes care of his kids. They live with him, and uh, it's uh, he's he's got his hands full, but he's doing it. He's by doing himself. it. Okay. Uh, first big story you covered Oof. that opened your eyes because here's what happens. As you oh, think, I got it. Uh, okay, I got I, I, it. let me let me set you up this way, and then you just go. So I don't care what you think. You know this, and when I say this, is true for me too. Until you start doing it, you don't realize some of the implications of some of the big stories that you do. That that that's. That's probably a bad way of describing it, but there's nuances and whatever. I get that. And so all I try to do with those stories, now, this is no filter, and I did no filter on TV, not like this, but when it came to doing the story, the story's the story. Uh, Rob did the story, the story. Kenny did the story, the story. I don't know if you heard me say this. I want to say one more thing, and I want you to say. So when you're competing, it's one thing. Jimmy, you, you guess how many times I've said this. All three of us, I thought, were really good at competing against each other. Yes. All three. And so what I said about all three is, let's, let's take me last. If a, actually, I was surprised it didn't happen. Rob was what I call the perfect meat and potato guys. That's not only not negative, it's actually a positive because you're going to do your style. Do That's it, why do he it had well. the nickname the mule because he was slow and steady. Yes. Well, I, if, you're a, if you're a bigger market, no number three station will hire Rob. If you're a bigger market, a station that has a lot of ratings and doesn't like sports, which most news directors don't like. I don't give a crap what they say. Most of them will tell you to your face. Rob is the kind of guy who could go to a bigger market because they just want the sports to be on, to be off, to be clean. Rob did it as clean as you can get. That's right. And so I was always surprised he didn't get a job, not on a number three. Me, nobody was going to hire me. Even with all the offers I had, I never had an offer for the number one station. Wow. Well, it makes sense. You know, you're taking a chance, a guy like, am I going to work? 
News directors are uptight. You know they don't like sports. I had a lot of number twos and a lot of number three stations come after me. I don't recall a number. Now nah, there was a number one in Philadelphia, but that was for the number three job when I was a kid. I don't count that. I'm talking about being a main guy. To, you know, number three guy in Philadelphia, which is when I was a kid in the business, and I didn't get because I didn't want to pay the moving expenses because I had a guy there. This is one of the richest stations in the country. The guy says, this is why you're not getting the job. I said, I'd have paid my moving expenses. We wouldn't have let you. That's why I'm not in Philadelphia. Year and a half into television, neither here nor there. But a number one station wasn't going to hire me. I get that. So, and then Kenny was different for me and different for Rob. He has his own natural effervescent in a way and also sarcastic with humor, yes. sense of humor that's really good. We all were different. Well, look at Kenny. He's still doing network stuff. That's right. And, and as I've told Kenny, Anna, I'm so proud of him. Yeah, what he's done. Likewise. It's off, yeah, it's off the charts. Yeah. And I think I like his dad better. Yeah, his dad is awesome. His dad's the best. Yeah. But, you know, Rob could have, if, if Rob got a job, let me put it this way, in Cleveland as the number one, number one, I think he could have stayed there for 20 years. So the point is, even though we competed, you don't walk up to somebody and say, I respect you. We were competing. But I respected them and what the others did. It's easier to say now because I'm at a TV if it makes sense. So just, I don't know if you've ever heard me say this. Jimmy, how many times have I, I given no, I have heard speech? you. You have? Okay. Yeah. A lot. A lot. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's important to know that I don't play that game. You know, just you are who you are, where you are, whatever. You know, somebody in the network can't plug what you're doing. <laughs> so you know, I don't right. care if you're across town. Doesn't matter. Okay. So the first time you covered a big story, we all go through this that you open your eyes and you go, holy blank. It doesn't matter if you're in Lexington, Cincinnati, New York, Chicago, Tallahassee, Florida. Big story is a big story. And, you, and you're going, okay, I'm not sure what the hell's going on. I got to figure this out. And there's ramifications. What was it? I wouldn't label it as a big story, but just a big moment for me. Okay. It was impressionable. And I was part-timing it because right after my internship, the news director, John Bobell, uh, who's still here in town and just recent re- recently retired, retired yeah. uh, from, from local government, he gave me a part-time job because he didn't have an opening anywhere else. So anyway, <clears throat> John Jury was our weekend sports guy. The Reds are in the middle of a pennant race. We go up in, I think it was in August. It may have been early September. And and this is when Pete was Pete Rose was manager. I think Barry Larkin may have either been in his rookie year or his second season with the Reds. Okay. But there was Larkin. Eric Davis was still patrolling center field. You had Cal Daniels and and Wright. Um, So we go up for a game. It was a 735 start at the time. I think they're now all 705s, right? Something like that. Anyway, game didn't end until, I don't know, it was almost midnight. They were playing your Giants. I do remember that. Um, and we go into the clubhouse, and I had never been in that situation before where I had been in, especially with pro athletes. I'd never been into a post-game situation, let alone the locker room. So we go in there, and we go into Pete's office first, and there are two local beat writers. I think Joe Kay was one of them. And they're standing behind the desk with Pete, who had his feet up on the desk. It was an old may uh, I'm sorry, an old metal gray desk, and he had his feet up on the desk. Two beat writers, and here John Jury comes in with his camera. He's shooting it because I'm the new guy, and I'm basically there to to hold a microphone, hold the microphone, and, and try to learn something. But I didn't hold the mic on this one because John 
knelt down in the floor in front of Pete's desk, held the microphone out, and Pete was answering questions from these two guys. And then finally he looks at John and he goes, you got a question? And I'm in the back of the room going, okay, you know the old saying about your heroes and how they'll hurt, they'll hurt you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was about to get crushed. Why? Let me finish. So Jury is holding the camera, got the got the mic out in front of him, trying to reach it to Pete, and Pete goes, let me hold that damn mic. So he hands just, him, you know, and it's like, <laughs> you and I both know Pete. Yeah. And, and this is so typical. He senses, you know, it's like a shark circling. He senses blood in the water. Here's a young guy he's never seen before from Lexington. Two young guys he's never seen before from Lexington. And he's he's going to try to you know he's going to try to make the other two dudes the other two reporters laugh, so he you know he seizes the moment. Well, let me hold that damn mic. So he's holding our KYT mic, and John's in the floor on one knee with a camera. Are you going to ask me a damn question? And I mean he's cussing. Are you going to ask me a damn question? And the other two reporters you know are kind of snickering, and John asks him some question about you know heading into the playoffs, maybe the postseason, you know is your leadership right on this team or something like that? Pete paused. He looked at the two reporters, the two beat writers, and he goes, what kind of effing question is that? And I'm just trying to melt into the wall and not be seen. And then Pete, he didn't answer. He looks at John. He goes, why the hell are you sweating? And he and I looked, and John I was, sweating, was sweating. Which, by the way, I understand. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, if you remember the days where we had the camera and an umbilical cord coming off the camera going into the record deck, and he's got a big light on top of the camera. And that stuff is heavy. Uh, you know heavy. Why. And it's, and he, John made the mistake of wearing a sweater that night because it was early September. And it was, it was chilly. He's probably dying at this oh, point. Oh, yeah. And then, and then, he said something to the effect, or John goes, well, I've got, you know, I've got this equipment. I've got this. And I'm not trying to embarrass John because John was just, John, John was trying to do his job. Wait, so what you're saying about John, let me defend John. It's happened to all of us yes, at some point we've in all, time. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, and Pete looks at him. He goes, yeah, if you would take that GD Seattle slew blanket off your back, meaning his sweater. And I just, I leaned forward and I yanked on, on the camera. I'm like, let's get out of here. This is, this is nuts. I mean, here's Pete Rose. Why why is he treating John Jury like this? Because he could. Yeah. And so we go out into the we go out into the locker room and we we first stopped at Cal Daniels locker room. <clears throat> and if and if anybody knows anything about Cal Daniels, one of the most surly surly guys we've ever we've ever tried to I'm about to say you didn't know him because why would you go to him next? <clears throat> right. Well, I I didn't know until and he just turned around in his locker and looked at us like Go away. What do you want? Yeah. He didn't say anything. (laughs) So we go to Larkin's locker. We go to Larkin's locker because Larkin's got this big ice pack on his wrist. I don't know if he heard it, you know, or jammed it or whatever. And he couldn't have been nicer. But in the meantime. And he probably saw what Daniels did and was probably extra nice because he saw what you were going through. He couldn't have been nicer, more cordial. Meanwhile, Pete leaves his office. And I'm, I'm telling you, Alan, it's like after midnight. And Pete is wearing this I don't know what you would call it. It was like this silver colored sweatsuit and these these Porsche remember the old Porsche sunglasses? Yeah. These big things. I mean he's it's it's after midnight. He's in the locker room and he's dressed like he's getting ready to go to the club. Probably was. 
<clears throat> well, he stops. We didn't know. We were talking to, to Larkin. He stops behind us. We didn't know he was standing there. And John had let me shoot the interview. John was doing the interview. I had the camera on my shoulder. And we turn around, and we nearly ran right into Pete. And Pete is laughing. As if he couldn't get enough in his office, he's standing there waiting on us. And we turn around, and we're like, oh, you know, we almost run into him, literally. And he goes, boy, you guys from Lexington sure are hard up for a story, aren't you? And laughed and just walked out. And I'm going, I mean, this is a guy who I – I, I love the big red machine growing up. Do you like him now or no? No. Still bothers you. It still bothers me to this day, but now I know even more about Pete right. and, and just how he cut so many corners to get, you know, yeah, to, to become, you know, and it's like, it's it's just a, a shame really that, that he had to ruin that image for me. Um, Cincinnati hustler. That's what he was. Yeah. Apparently. Well, what know. he did to me, but I was much older. You know, they used to have, um. Uh, the Reds had the caravan, and they would come to, what's the old hotel? Campbell House. Yes. And they would, did right. it every year. So, you know, we'd do the sports live from down there. It was the day after Kentucky played. Rex Chapman was still on the team. As you remember, he was a big Rex fan. So the whole show was just going to be the highlights and Pete. So we do Pete first, and we didn't talk about the Reds. I said, hey, I hear you're a Kentucky fan, and he just goes off. He didn't want to talk about the Reds anyway because he's always talking about the Reds. He he does with about three minutes. Camera guy, they gave me five minutes, which is unusual. Gives me two. I said, okay, I'm going to do the highlights. He gets up, takes two steps away. I'm not kidding you. I put it in my book, cut to the chase. He comes back, rips the script out of my hand. Swear to you. Let's wow. see if you're any good, Cutler. Wow. Well, guess who cut the tape? I did. Yeah. So I knew it was on the tape. So he stood there and stood there, and after three or four or five buckets, whatever it was I was talking about, it's like he was ticked that I knew what I was talking about, and he turned and walked away and was shaking his head. So he was, I mean, think about it. If I didn't know what was coming next, or let's put it this way, I can guarantee you this. If that was in my first year of television, might it have gotten to me? Yeah. I'm just being honest. But he did that, and I'm looking at I'm partly looking at him and looking at the monitor because – I got this, and I'm staring at him like, you sucker, you're not going to get me. And he read that because he's – Pete had great, a great feel for people with his bad grammar and I don't know if he graduated high school, but he's – you know, his grammar is awful, right. but he's actually very sharp. And I'm staring, him, I'm staring him down while I'm doing the highlights on purpose and just not, knocking it out and going – But if I was at the same point you guys were – would I have suffered? Yeah. Just, you know, I, I can yeah, see you suffering. It left an indelible mark on me. I mean, you know, you're, you're just getting started in the business and you're, you're. It's a good way to learn though. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, by the way, let me just interrupt. Ben Chrisman, backup offensive lineman, the kid that transferred from Ohio State. Stoops announced today he's out for the year. Favorite oh, wow. coach, favorite coach you ever covered at Kentucky. Oof. I'm going to say it's a close call between John Cohen interesting and Rich Brooks. Okay? Rich because once, you know, we had the contract, the coaches show contract stuff for for so long. Right? <clears throat> until recently that you got to, you know, as you know, you get to know the coaches on a little different level, the yep. coaches and the players. You have an advantage. And and Rich uh, one of the things I've always said is I wish Kentucky fans could have gotten to know Rich Brooks in the way that we got to know him behind the scenes 
not all X's and O's and, and talking football and stuff because he's he's a tremendous guy. As a tremendous person. Yeah. Yeah. Loyal, loyal, loyal. I didn't get to know Tubby that well. Rob would probably tell you that Tubby was his favorite coach because he was just a genuinely nice man. Yeah. Matter the fact, first, Rob, Rob said that when he was here. The first year that Tubby was here, um, he came out to the station to do coaches show stuff and brought everybody Christmas gifts. Who does that? Yeah, Rob told that story and I didn't had never yeah. heard the story and I'm going, like, really? Wow. <laughs> John Cohen. Can you imagine Patino doing that? Oh, no. <laughs> Hang on. Could you imagine Cal doing that? Just maybe. Okay. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. To everybody? Maybe. Okay. Maybe not everybody, but, you know, yeah, you know, he invited me to go to the Dominican Republic with him. Why didn't you go? I did. Oh, I didn't know you went to the Dominican Oh, yeah. Republic. When he was announced as the national coach for the Dominicans for the Olympics. Did you guys do that with your coaches show and stuff like that? Yeah. Yeah. He uh, he asked me to go, and I was like, you don't have to tell me twice. Right. So we went down there for a couple of days. Um, it was good. Uh, he, he had a national press conference. We went to the presidential palace. He met the president of the country. Um, the next day, we flew over to... Uh, Haiti, because uh, Alltech had some coffee co-ops over there that that they wanted to show us. So it was Pierce, Doctor Lyons. Pierce Lyons is the great, the late great Doctor Pierce Lyons. Did a lot of things for a lot of people. Yes, very, uh, very undervalued. Um, he he flew us over. He had a couple places. He owns he owned a school over there, and the you know it was it was pretty awesome. It was a great trip. Coach that ticked you off the most. Let me go back to. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, let me go back to John Cohen. Yeah, I, here's another guy who, if you if you got to know him away from baseball, not only he fascinated me with the baseball stuff because he, I won't say he lived, slept, ate baseball, but he lived it, slept it, ate it. I mean. Let me he ask you was, something. Can Andrew, I was surprised, and to go back to your story in a second, that's why I was surprised you became an athletics director. Yeah. Maybe you got tired of but I saw him as being one of the guys if you're going to make the transition from big-time college baseball to the major leagues somehow to be a coach and then a manager. Yeah. I thought he had that in him, and we had a conversation about that. That was a dream, and I thought he didn't think he could do hmm. it. That's but I thought he would be a lifer as a coach making a million bucks a year, running a program. When he became an AD, I was absolutely yeah, I was shocked. stupefied. Yes. Go, go ahead, Moss. No, it's just that, that, that the guy spent so much time trying to think his way around the baseball field, think, think his way through the roster. I mean, coach, that's what coaches are paid to do, yes. But, but he – I don't know. I just – you know, I think that 2006 team, I think it was 2006, wasn't it, when they won the SEC championship? Was it six? I think it was. Uh, you know, he kind of – Ryan Streeby was on that team, right? Yeah, Colin Calgill. Yep. It was a great team. Lads How about guys. Calgill being the first base coach for the Reds? I know. Speaking and of guys wanting to be a manager. He'll be a manager. He will be. And he's their running coach. That, he will be. I'm, I'm proud of him. Um, but John Cohen willed – if if that's if that's possible, the coach willed that team to a an SEC championship. Anyway, get him away from the baseball diamond. He was all about politics. I mean, the guy was deep. You know, there was a lot of depth. There is a lot of depth to John Cohen. 
and and that's what I really appreciated about him. But you're surprised like me. I thought he was a lifer. No, I, yeah, I I had no idea. But of course, Mississippi State. He played there, you know. Uh, even though he's a Tuscaloosa guy, he he played at at Mississippi State. So, you know, wanting to coach there and be the AD there, I get it. And there's a lot of money in, you know, being an athletic director. There's a lot of money now being a baseball coach. Well, that's true. Their too. baseball coach is making a million bucks well, a year. Yeah, the guy down the street, down down sixty four in making, Louisville, yeah. is, and he's whining and complaining. He had a rough year last year. Uh, yeah, blame it on facilities and stuff. I don't have all uh, these things. You can't do that. I I see. I think that's wrong. Yeah, I, I don't know the guy. You can't but, suddenly have a bump in the road and go, oh, I need a bigger facility. Right, but now the facilities you haven't been complaining about. Yeah, and what Cal did the same thing. Yeah. You're right. You're not wrong. I mean, really. Do I think a recruit isn't coming to Kentucky because of the facilities at Kentucky? No. No. Okay, no. let's repeat. No one is not coming to Kentucky. No. They're more interested in Cal's lore and attraction, and it's to his credit this still that's, sells. That's, that's true. That you're going to make money in the NBA because you're playing for Cal. Yeah. And, and I got to tell you, the same kid goes to Tennessee. You think they're going to get drafted that much higher or lower Tennessee than here? Not as much as people think. No. I, th- right. I think the world has changed. But to Cal's credit, he has sold it to the point that it's still believable, and I give him 1,000% credit. I think they need to figure out the NIL deal thing. I mean, I think everybody – I think there needs to be – I don't know if you get if Congress will get involved in this or I not. hope not. They got bigger issues. I know they do, but then but – then, Somebody's got to. We've got to figure out the playing field. I don't before it even that. becomes level because you've got you've got some schools out there that are just bankrolling these these programs. Miami will now be a I'll basketball power it, but... until that guy walks away if nobody else comes in. Yeah, bankrolling, no question about it. I mean, they're, that's what they're doing. They're bankrolling these yeah, rosters. Yeah. Well, Dick Hoopsweiss told the story on the air. Villanova. And I can't think of the kid's name. It's not important. He's a big name. But it's not holding back. He said the kid's name. Um, put a deal together for $100,000 for this kid. Kansas comes in, and he said, and he has ways of finding out. When he says he knows, I don't question. Right. When he says he hears, that's his way of saying, I hear, but I'm not putting credibility on it. Right. I mean, we, you got to understand how close we are. He said Kansas played $500,000. And he told me on the air, he's told us twice, that the Catholic schools in particular, he says, I'm not saying there aren't other schools, but – because he lives in Philadelphia, and he and Jay Wright are dear personal friends. When Massimino won the national championship here in Lexington when I was in Pittsburgh, you covered it, right? Right. He was on the plane go- with him going home. He's got some Villanova ties, sure. like a lot of places. But he said the Catholic schools cannot compete I with, believe that. with the big powers. But see, here my point is, you know, for example, the Creightons of the world, they don't have that kind of money, even though they sell out. But um, I'm blank on his name. I picture McDermott. Yes. Had he been 15, 20 years younger, I would have loved to him being the Kentucky coach because I think his style is the closest thing to the old rep that I see in college basketball. I don't mean this disrespectfully because he's too old to come here. And Cal, I mean, if Cal had left, right. not pushing Cal out the door, don't right. even read no, into I get that. that. If Cal left tomorrow and he was 46, would he be on my personal short list in two seconds? I don't know how much you've watched Creighton. I, I tape their games. Probably not a lot. A lot. Do it this year. Trust me on this. You will love their offense. You know what the real dribble drive is supposed to be? Watch Creighton. <laughs> Seriously, they're guards. And I mean, if you can't shoot, unless you're a big guy with a specific skill, 
you don't get on the court. I mean, I there I would I would like to have Chip would probably be the only one I could do it with because the other guys are too old and stuff like that. You gave me a great idea because Chip comes on. Is fortunately he's been on the show four or five times. I'm going to ask Chip because he's a basketball junkie, as you know, to watch a Creighton game and ask him to say if that's the. I'm not saying he's exactly like Rupp. I'm not doing, but the closest thing, the way it's been described to me, and a few of the old tapes I've seen to Rupp is anything else I've seen in college basketball. I remember when Cal first got here, he actually put tape down on the floor with arrows to show guys where they needed to go in that offense. Yeah. I'm glad to see that he reached out to somebody with NBA ties. None of that. But long he, NBA ties. Not a long NBA ties, but a really he respected needed, he NBA needed to have a. He needed to take a deep look inside and figure out, is, am I really going in the right direction here or not? Let me throw one thing at you. You respond. We're okay. going to take a break. Okay. And, and happened to John Thompson. Happened to Denny Crum. Happened to Dale Brown. Those are the three examples they used. All, there's a lot of other coaches. You get to a certain point in time. Happened to Patino for a while in Louisville, by the way. That you think you the old exception. I'm going to roll the ball out and it'll just play. But a lot of these guys with a lot of success, I think it's human nature. Complacency. They get soft. Yeah. Complacency. I, to me, soft is stronger than complacency. Complacency is just fine. It's just the way we look at stuff. Right. Um, and that happened to John Calipari. I agree. Whether he admits or not, I don't give a rat. I agree. You know. You know what stuff I can't stand about coaches, <clears throat> and this is not just at Cal. Moss, you're not stupid. Okay, neither am I. Right. <laughs> okay, we've been watching this stuff our whole lives, right? That doesn't mean I can coach, but we notice trends. Doesn't take a genius to see if the offensive coordinator is telling Tim Couch to run the option for your first start in Florida. The guy's a freaking idiot. Okay, so sometimes there are people that answer this. There are people in the media who really don't know squat, and there are people in the media who really do know stuff. Would you agree? Yes, and thankfully, Sam Newton. Saw that. Yes, and he did. He was going to make a change if Bill Curry wasn't. Uh, yes, that's that's also correct. Yes, yeah, they I were, mean you can't. Yeah, you can't have a franchise guy in here and lose him. Right. He was leaving. He was going to leave. Okay. So the point is, yeah, I, I let me let me throw something out. I want you to defend. I am going to shut up. I don't think Cal realized for a long time how much he slipped because here's a guy, and I compliment him. I compliment him. He went from being ahead of so many people. That's a compliment. To now he was way behind. I, and you only do that if you're in denial or you think you don't have to change. Yeah, I think as Kentucky fans and as people who cover him, I think we at some point started to take for granted that he was so ahead of the curve in everything. You know, with recruiting one and dones. You know, Shashev, it took Shashevsky what, two or three years to, to play catch up? With with Cal and he caught up quickly and he caught up very quickly really quick. and then he took a, you know he took a big lead uh, and then and then I don't know if you know I, I think some complacency set in and and um, I'm just wondering if, if 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 I think there may have been some some holes in the coaching staff that didn't help him out much that's his fault that is his fault um, in other words if you have great assistant coaches. That's his compliment. Yes, and, and you can't I, have it both ways. And I think the recruiting slipped a lot. Yes, it did. You know, and 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 some of the some of the transfers he took uh, once the portal thing became vogue, uh, you know, it hurt him. It backfired on him. But even some of the big guys that he got in here, I thought he they were playing out of position. You know, maybe Olivier Saar wasn't a five, 
<clears throat> maybe he was better suited to be a stretch four. Who he knows? is a stretch four. You know what's amazing? And I did not see this one. He's got a shot at making the NBA this year. Well, he was on an NBA roster at the end of the season. Right, but he just got a better yeah. contract. No, he just got an upgrade in his contract. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, So, and, and <clears throat> I saw him play for about six, seven minutes, and you know what? I could see him latching on as a backup. Yeah. Because he can shoot. He'll run the court. He's not a great banger, but you know what? He'll throw his body around. Sure. He's never good. He's not a banger, but he'll actually he's not a bad backup. Right. So yeah, no, I I don't disagree with you at all. I think I think, you know, in DeKal's credit, he's trying to turn things around in a hurry. But he but he needs to. You know, by his own definition of gold standard, <clears throat> they've they've been somewhere near the bronze. I don't think they're the bronze. So this is what I've done. So I've thrown the on the air, and maybe you've heard me do it. I've thrown the gold standard in his face, because you, you can't talk out of both sides of your mouth. If you're the gold standard, then guess what? You have raised the bar. To his credit, to his credit, and he did raise the bar. Yes, he did, and I give him all the credit in the world. But when you fail as miserably as he has for a number of seasons, you can't have it both ways. And fail, <clears throat> excuse me, and fail. You mean by Kentucky standards? Yes, yes, I agree. Okay, but this is not Creighton. I agree. Okay, so therefore you can't have it they both fire, ways. They fire coaches around here for, for less than that. Yes, they do. Yeah, and I wonder what they would have done if he didn't have a – it's really not a lifetime contract, which everybody – it's not a lifetime contract. It's not the point. Um, he earned, He had what I call equity in a bank, and he built it and built it and built it, 1000 to his credit. But you know what? He had a lot of withdrawals. Yes. Okay. I know what you're saying. Okay, I got two more things before we take a break. Okay. I know the moment where I changed. Do you have the moment where you changed towards Cal? And this is how I changed. I didn't say he couldn't fix it. I've never said that, and Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy will back me up. What I did say is I didn't know if he could or would, but I didn't say he couldn't, and I think he has. You, you see the terminology? Whereas before, what, no matter what, it's not, you know, 2016, 2017, if something was going on, ah, don't worry, Cal will fix it. In other words, he earned the trust as a fan, as a reporter, to say, he's got this. Well, he lost that with me. And and some of the fans that are gaga don't see it. Now, I think he has a shot at getting it back. And what he's done since June 1st, I give him all the credit in the world. When did it hit you? The losing season. Yeah. The losing season, because that just doesn't happen around here. And And on paper, of course, we're talking about on paper. On paper, you've got a decent team. But I don't, I, you know, what happened with that team? There's no chemistry. I don't think the players liked each other. They didn't like each other. I know that from what I've heard, COVID really affected Cal. But, you know, at some point you move on, you move forward. And I buy that it affected him. Yeah. It affected all of us. <clears throat> it did. And, and for him, especially as a basketball coach, because he was just mortified that he was – his, his players were going to either get sick, he was going to get sick, or they are going to cancel games. Or, you know, and they did cancel the season. And all that is fair, but you still yes. got to do your job. That, that's true. That's true. And, and you know, you don't want to come off as using that as an excuse. And then that – And I think to some degree, after he strung two or three seasons together like that, you know, it kind of came off as an excuse. But yeah. it's Kentucky, man. And even he says it's not for everybody. Well, Even that, that comes out of the boss's mouth. So everything he has said That's from right. the one end affects you stronger on the other end. That's right. And so, yeah. oh, great, he's never going to talk to me again. doesn't matter. I mean, I wish him well. That's not the point. I don't have any – I don't have the Pete Rose that you have. 
Right. He hasn't done that to me. If he does, I still not, I'm not going to change because I'm old. I don't care. You I, know, you're, you're impressionable when you're young. Yes. Now, who cares? I, I, I think Cal still has the mojo in him. You know, to get back to the, the first five or six years when Kentucky was kind of the cool school nationally. He pulled you know, it off this summer with Drake. Let's hope. Let's no, hope. no, the Drake thing in practice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, but, I mean, that, you know, it's still got to show up it's the wins win and the losses court. in my book. Uh, everybody's book. Yeah, I Let's mean, put it this way. With all this that he's done, if they lose in the first round this year, I don't care if they win the SEC. I don't care if they win the SEC and the SEC championship. They lose in the first round of the NCAA tournament. How nasty is it going to be around here? Yeah, it's going to be bad. So, I mean, I'm going to Disney in October with my grandkids, and I'll take all kinds of pictures. But that doesn't mean I'm, you know, going to come back and set the world on fire. He's going to – you can go to Drake's house and take all the pictures you want. The people live in Kentucky, people who follow this team, who love this team, who make it what it is, they just want one thing. Win. W's. Rings. No, I don't want a ring. Yeah. He didn't get past the Sweet 16 this year. Yeah, it's he's got to make a Final Four. Or, or eight. I think if he makes an eight, doesn't get blown out. Yeah, it depends on what that last circumstance. game is. Yeah. yeah, I agree. You know, okay. If, if they, somebody were to, you know, let's to blow it. To blow it up. They lose to Seton Hall in the eight. A team like a Seton Hall, that'd be disastrous. Yeah. If they lose to North Carolina by three points and it's a hell of a game in the eight, if yeah. somebody's mad at him, I don't know why he'd be mad at him. I mean, unless he does something dumb coaching-wise. And I'm going right. to take it for granted that he won't. Yeah, I get you. No, I, I, I mean he can get it back, but I still think he has. I still think he has that cachet, and and I think he has the mojo about him that he can that he can rein it all back in. He I think he still, can too, you know. But I think he let it get away. Yes, he let it get away. No question, it's his program. Yeah, he let it get away, and and it's up to him to get it back. We shall and, see. And Steve, I think he's trying. Oh, he's trying his tail off. Yeah. He, uh, tell everybody how because you're on Twitter all you're, for a photographer. You're a Twitter animal. Steve tell everybody Moss, how WKYT. to re- say it again because I stepped on you. I know Steve Moss WKYT. I stepped on you. Uh, yeah, on Twitter. Okay. I just had to. I just had to start a new. Uh, by the way, if you don't, this is this is just my little thing. If you if you if you don't follow the uh, security guidelines that they you know like just recently somebody hacked my account. Okay. I had to start all over. Yeah, it's just painful. Wait a second. You had to start from, like, nobody following? That's correct. Yeah. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, it sucks. Wait a second. Okay, so how many people were you following? 1,000? 800? Right now? Before? Uh, Yeah, something like that. Okay. Yeah. And so you, so have, you have to, to st- go back through and do it all over Oh, again. man. You spend the whole week doing that. Oh, no. You know what I did to followers? Somebody, I did this to... Probably went to seven, eight people that I like and respect. You'll find seven, eight people like me. Right. See who they follow. Right. And so you oh, go. I did. Yeah, you go down a list, and, and, and that's how I found a sure. ton of people, especially when I started on Twitter. Oh, I would hate to. Wait, somebody hacked you, yeah. and they took your account away? Yeah, because I didn't I didn't throw in my, my cell number when I originally set up the account as like a second level of security. I haven't either. I'm and not going to do it. it bit me in the butt. Really? Oh, yeah. I don't want to give my cell number. Well, you know what I'm saying. It'll ask for a phone number. They don't publish it or anything, but it's like a second level of security. Oh, yeah. You tell me I need to give my cell phone number. Well, I don't know. I don't want to do that crap again. Yeah. Steve Moss, kind enough to join us. Long-time sports photographer. 
Did I emphasize the long, long time sports? How old? Thirty three years. Thirty three years. Yeah. You getting a little too old for this stuff? I think so. I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Can you really? I really can. Yeah. I'm not laughing at you. Guess what? Hit me at 62. But when I, football starts on Saturday, I might I may have a different. Uh, oh, you're going to get used again. Yeah, you're going to get used. Yeah. No, I, I am so excited for the season. I can't wait. I need to shut up, not because of us, because I we need to take a break. How late are we? This is not oh, the all, this fifteen is, minutes. It's not the all time record, but um, sorry. No, no, it's not you. It's me. Uh, this is top five. Would you say? Yeah, I yeah. think so. So, Moss, you're now breaking in the, records. Breaking records here. You're in the top five, Miss Moss. It's all good. Me rumbling. It's all I good. appreciate it. No, it's good show. 859-533-0914. 859-533-0914. Acupuncture. Ramon Cariego, my buddy. Uh, and I use this line from him because I kind of figure since I knew nothing about this, I think I'm pretty normal. Well, shut up, Moss. We can debate that. Uh, he said, well, the only things... We don't treat her AIDS, cancer, surgery, maybe dentistry. And so think of other things inside. Think of from your liver, confusion, headache, dizziness, seizure, pain, sciatica, metabolism, autoimmune. It's crazy. All the things he can work on to help you. I trust him. My wife trusts him. He's uh, ridiculously smart. Ramon Cariega, not that far from the studio, Lexington guy. Blue Lotus Health, 859-533-0914. Steve Moss, kind enough to join us from Channel 27. We'll be back on 1300 AM, 92.5 FM. The Alan Cutler Show on ESPN 92.5 and 1300 AM and on the ESPN Lexington app. Presented by the Don Franklin Family of Dealerships. It's summertime, and that means it's time to hit the road. Whether you're heading across town or across the state, going on a picnic to a baseball game or driving to the lake, stop by, fill up, and stock up at Clark's Pump and Shop, your road trip headquarters. Clark's Pump and Shop has everything you need to get you to your summertime destination, including planters, nuts, buy two tubes, get one free, and assorted Pringles large cans, two for $5. Clark's Pump and Shop, return, refresh, refuel. At Don Franklin, we're more than a group of car dealerships. We're hardworking, everyday people of Kentucky. We strive daily to give 110% to our customers, our employees, and our families. We are committed to providing everyone with a safe and reliable vehicle. And we continue our tradition of supporting our local communities. At all 24 dealerships across Kentucky, we will treat you like family. Don Franklin Family of Dealerships, we are Kentucky. Houchins Insurance Group is proud to partner with Auto Owners Insurance, a company that provides opportunity for independent agents to make insurance simple for their clients, offering risk management services that range from a renter's policy for your college student to home and auto coverage for your entire family. Houchins Insurance Group assures you that nobody works harder to keep you protected from life's uncertainties. Reach out to A.J. Boss or Zach Bennett at 859-263-2771 to see if Auto Owners Insurance makes sense for you. Overdraft fees? More like no overdraft fees. With a simple access checking account from Republic Bank, you don't have to worry about overdraft fees because there are none. But there's more. Simple access checking may allow you to access your direct deposit up to two business days early and gives you the convenience of a Republic Bank MasterCard debit card. Learn more at republicbank.com simple. It's just easier here. Member FDIC. W223-CV Lexington. ESPN Sports Radio 1392.5.
WLXG Lexington, an LM Communications Broadcasting Station. The only no-filter sports show in Kentucky. It's the Alan Cutler Show with award-winning TV sportscaster Alan Cutler. Everybody calls him Mossy, but it's Steve Moss officially, longtime sports videographer extraordinaire at Channel 27. And and uh, let's do this. You have a little audio, Jimmy, you want to play for Steve. Now, that's the audio, but uh, Steve shot the video for Channel 27, and uh, Roy Kidd is in a wheelchair and not doing well, and uh, Walt Wells, who will be on the show Wednesday at 1 o'clock, who's done a really wonderful job as he's building EKU again. Who knows if they'll ever get back to the Roy Kidd days. That might be close to impossible with all the national championships, and Roy, the last time I talked to him, was still ticked off that he lost a bunch of national championship games, but he won too. So the guys on the team surrounded Roy, and you had the had the footage was great. Describe what it was like being there and what happened. Well, first of all, I appreciate both of those men. Um, Roy, I got to know over the years from going over there, probably weekly. Dick Gabriel and I would go over there weekly and do something with them in season uh, to the point where, you know, he would see me out somewhere and yell at me, and we'd talk for 15, 20 minutes, whatever. So it was good to see him. I hate seeing him like this because yep. he's 91. Father time has finally caught up. You know, there's so, there are those people that you always you always look at and you go, they're indestructible and they'll be larger than life forever. And it's it just it hurts my soul um, to see Coach Kidd aging. But um, I talked to him for a couple of minutes before we shot that video, before the team went up there, um, by the statue, too, by the way. The statue's right behind him. Right. Um, statue of Roy Kidd. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we talked for a minute, and he's lost a little bit. But, uh, you know, it was good. So he did say, I think the last time I saw you had dark hair, which is not true, but it was funny. It's okay. Yes. And then Walt Wells, I got to know really well when he was um, – a quality control guy at UK and he was being groomed. This is, you know, maybe this is inside baseball stuff. He was being groomed even, even then in, in the event that something drastic happened with coach John Schlarman because Walt was the offensive line coach at Tennessee. He was the offensive line coach at, at EKU for Roy. And he was, he told me he was being groomed, you know, just be on standby. You're on call 24 seven because you know, this is a very aggressive form of cancer that, that Schlarman had. So uh, so I got to know him well that way. And uh, anytime I go over there, you know, I always, I always go to the office or say hi to him. But then the other thing that he and I have in common is the heart attack thing. And today is the anniversary of his heart attack that 
they had to revive him and he, he seven or eight times saved his life i i don't know because he was here and i jimmy do you remember if he said seven or eight it was one or the other correct it was more than one i no, know no, that no, no, he's no. told me it was seven or eight i mean he sat yes. in the seat you're at and i'm sorry i don't remember but any, first of all one is crazy yes but, but when he said that number i remember looking at him and i remember looking at jimmy and we both had this dumbfounded look and if that aed machine wasn't That's right. right down That's right. that hall he'd be, be dead dead and we have we so we both are card carrying members of the heart attack club, so we have that in common. So I you know and and he's just a he's just a, off the football field. He's just a really cool guy, and uh, so st- seeing him sing "Cabin on the Hill" to Roy along with his his starting quarterback uh, was was the guy who led them singing, and it was it was just and you see Roy trying to pump his fist. You know, cabin he on did, the hill. He did at the end. He, yeah, you, you got see him a little Roy bit trying yeah. to pump his fist, and it just—I mean, you know—I got—I I got a little misty. I did too. I mean, because you know that that—that's not going to last forever, right? And so it just kind of—it hits you all of a sudden. You're thinking, "Wow, this is pretty monumental." Uh, Walt Wells will be with us Wednesday, one o'clock, and Patrick McKinney. That is, as you know, a great story. Here's a kid could have gone to a what is much this? bigger school. Six years, seven years? Sixth year. Sixth year. The only scholarship he had was Eastern Kentucky. Yeah. He's going to get an NFL yes, camp. Yes, he is. Absolutely. He's going to be in I, camp. I, I bet he's he, going to play in some preseason yes, games. Yes, he will. Yes. Yes, he will. And and, and his lo- this is really cool. I was going to say this for Wednesday. I'll say it again Wednesday. That the basketball team, as you know, all those guys came back, and a lot of those guys could have gone to much bigger places they want to do together. He's got – on that level of college football, and I'm not so sure he couldn't start at some really big schools. Seriously, he's got a great quarterback for EKU, and the kid is just a great quarterback. And he could have gone, probably made a ton more money, left Richmond, and is staying because they were loyal to him. Come on, Moss. What is not going on in sports today? Loyalty is going on. Yeah, no, I, I when when I heard that Patrick McKinney was coming back, I'm like, wow. I was surprised. I was I was really surprised, and I think Walt was probably a little more surprised than we were, because I think he was trying to figure out, okay, you know, what do I do? Yeah, um, if they can, if 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 Walt can figure out his his running back and and uh, get some of his his defensive guys to to step up, I think they're going to have a hell of a year. I do. I, I agree with you. I don't know how you get it back to the Roy Kidd stuff, but for the first time, and I asked him about this as a follow-up question, Walt was talking national championship. Really? He was, and I said, most coaches wouldn't even broach the subject, but around here, I get it, you know? But then again, you're living in the shadow of a Hall of Famer. Well, that's part of You know what I think it's something else? And he goes, but he said, he goes, that's what we're expected to do around here. And that's fair, but I also think it's something else. I don't know what it's like. Maybe you do because you had a heart attack. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know if you were close to where he was. No. Okay. I didn't think so, but I also don't want to stretch it to something yeah. it's not. I think Walt was actually dead for a minute. Yeah. And so my sense wood. is, yeah, absolutely. Knock on wood, whatever. I don't care if it makes noise on radio. Um, My sense is he has a different attitude that I don't understand and most people can't understand because that's right. Where's their pressure? He's alive. Yeah, he's he's probably yeah, and he, he faced it. He stared it down. Stared it down. That's Amen. right. Amen. Through the grace of God, he's alive. You know, he kind of alluded to this, and I hope I'm saying this properly. He's probably, from what he said, a better father, a better husband, and a better. I would coach. hope so. Yeah. How does that not change you? Yeah. 
But but what's funny, and I, I, I kind of giggled. I saw it a couple of times. I went over and, and covered their maroon-white scrimmage, or their first scrimmage in the fall. And, I mean, he's just chewing dudes out. And I'm thinking to myself, now your cardiologist would want you getting mad. Well, what do you get? <laughs> you know? And, and, How and, do you and, coach them? Right, I know, I know. And, and, and Walt is Walt is tough. He's fair, but he's tough. And that's what I, I like about him. And then, you know, we'll – I'll we'll walk off to the side before we we do an interview or something. I say, hey, you want to go get a cheeseburger? He's like, absolutely. I'm like, dude, you can't can't be doing that. But we do anyway. Really? Yeah, oh, yeah. Wait till I talk to him on Wednesday. Oh, yeah. Walt, you should not be eating cheeseburgers. He loves them. You know what's really cool that AW, who's done a great Georgetown job, Georgetown boy. Yeah, Georgetown boy. AW Williams. He's got a contract, I think, through 2027. Hamilton. Hamilton. What? Williams. Who's Williams? I have no idea. A.W. Hamilton. It's a good thing I didn't cover him in high school, too. Talk about brain fart in I, your old age. I've known that kid. I call him a kid. I've known him since he was six. Okay. Well, you live there. Uh, I love yeah. the fact that he's the coach at EKU. Yes. I, I, you know him tons better because yes. it's your town. I know him just from covering from Scott County and how tough he was. Um, you know, he signed a long-term contract there, and Walt has a long-term contract there. And then think about it. You know, what UK has with, you know, volleyball, I'm saying that on purpose first, and basketball and football and some other sports. They really have longevity in a lot of sports here, which is cool. EKU has some of that too. And I think in today's society, it speaks volumes of the place. Look, AW could, I think, could get a job at a much bigger place. And probably will. Yeah. and, and nobody But he's could... in no hurry to leave because he's home. Right. Right. Family's got around. I think Wells will have opportunities to leave. Wells has had opportunities, you know, to be, let's say, a line coach at a bigger place. From what I understand, probably a lot more money. And guess what? I think he likes being a head coach, and I think he likes where he's at, and I think he's beholden to EKU for giving him a chance. That's the feeling I get. Moss, do you? I do, and I, I think there's the comfort level of having been there prior. He coached there under Roy for, what, four or five years, yep. five or six years? Yep. So I think there's that whole comfort zone. And uh, coming on the heels of of kind of a disastrous run there under the previous coach, I think I think Walt is in a he's positioned himself to do well, and um, you know I hope he stays here for a little while. Twenty six points, twenty six and a half points. Early thing on DraftKings, Kentucky favorite of Ball State. You take it. Yes, me too. I, and I, and here's the reason I say that, and I don't think Kentucky will try to run the score up. But I think under Liam Cohen now, I think they have to come out and establish themselves in that first game, especially with a new quarterback. I think I think they're going to put a lot of points on the board. It wouldn't surprise me at all if they went for like 45, 45, you know, 45, 50 points. I'll be surprised if they don't have 21 before halftime. Oh, I think they definitely are going to have 21. I'll bet they have 14 in the first quarter. Yeah, I would take that as the under. Yeah. Yeah, and you know the thing that bothers me? People say, you got to be totally vanilla. Well, you don't want to no. put your whole playbook out. I get that. And you got to leave some things in. But you also want the guys to taste success. And you also want to show them something. Okay, you better be able to stop this. But I also have this in the background that you don't know. So, I mean, let's say they got 20 explosive plays. Show three or four. Maybe five. And what about the guys who played under Scangarello? Don't you think they want to come out and prove that they're not, you know, especially the offensive line, that they are the big blue wall and that last year was a fluke? I think I think they're gonna I think they I think offensively, 
I think we're going to see a lot of explosive plays on Saturday. I don't think the, I don't think I can't blame Scangarello for all the offensive line problems. I ain't doing that. Not at all. And that's me. We have different. I'm just opinions. saying, giving the given the uh, tra- let's say tradition that that Schlarman started. Absolutely. I'm not. I'm not willing to put it all at, at Scangarello's feet. Um, oh, I'm not either. I, I, I've got but to- I'm saying. I'm saying. I think those guys, especially the, the 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 seniors and the guys who came back for an extra year, I think I think they want to go out and prove that last year was a fluke. I just think they're going to put up a lot of points. All right, last question, and thank you for staying longer. You're welcome. Uh, Thanks for inviting me. Uh, I appreciate it. All right, life. how about this? When I embarrass you on the air, would you come back? Absolutely. Okay. Ten years ago, could you imagine sitting across from me doing a radio show? No, we had our moments, <laughs> didn't we? But it, on my drive over. Truth, Alan. On my on my Come drive on, over, whatever you want. <laughs> on my drive over, yeah. I was thinking about how fifteen to twenty years ago, Lexington Sports Television was so competitive. You all followed closely what KYT did. KYT followed closely what LEX did. Yeah, that's the truth. You know, we were one and two in the market for you know historically anyway. And I and we were so cutthroat, but at the end of the day, we all, we were all like, "Let's go have a beer." But we were all cutthroat. I don't know if it's it's kind of you talk about soft. I think it's kind of there. I don't know. It's not. I don't know if it's not as important anymore to be like at each other because we were. Yes, we were. We were. I'm supposed to be no filter since I branded no filter, yeah. right? It's soft today. Okay, I love Keith. You know that. Oh and, no, and, I'm, and, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not and, pointing and, fingers. No, I know. And I'll tell you something. I think else. Keith Farmer does a great he job. He does a great job. I think I, Brian Milam does a great job. Yeah, and I tell you what, um, Milam's been on the show. Yeah, you I heard it. I, I listen. You, you think I would invite Brian on if I didn't no, like him? No, I understand. And, and um, I'll tell two you. different guys. Oh, and that's okay. And it goes back Rob, to the Rob and Rob, Alan thing. Okay, so, and Kenny. so Rob and I were as different. Brian and Keith are more alike than me and Rob. But you know, what Brian does really good. I've told this on the air and off the air. I really, really like his history stories. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. I that mean, guy. I mean, no, seriously, I have a tremendous, and I told him, I, I really respect it. We're in the office, and I kid you not, this happened on Friday, and I'm watching a clip that somebody posted on Twitter, and it was uh, it was the Braves-Pirates uh, postseason game where you know we had to play at the plate, and Milam heard the audio he just heard, like, from the pitch to the swing, he immediately yells out, Jim is that Sid, Sid, Sid Breen being thrown out? Yeah. I'm like, yes. Yeah. I mean, the dude has such it, recall. Yep. It's amazing. So we kind of do that occasionally. He'll go, hey, listen to this. Or I'll go, hey, listen to this. And he'll immediately know. Sid Bream had the biggest set of braces I've ever seen on a major league player. Why I remember that. Because <laughs> I knew him a little bit. But neither you know there. But, no, it's okay, say, Milam and Keith – and pick, they're competitive in their own way, so I'm not saying that. Jeff, Jeff is the newest to the market, but he's no, kind of the oldest. He's the oldest. Because he was with you for so long, but he took such a long break that for a lot of people, he's new to the market. They're not as cutthroat. I'll just say, I don't think they're nearly as cutthroat. I'm not saying it's necessarily bad. No, we've all become more, we've all become more friendly. We've all become more, not that you and I were never friendly, but we had our moments. Yeah. We've had our moments. And I've, you know, I've taken it and learned from it. As sure as, um, you know, as sure as... The day is long. Me too. You know? Me too. Far from perfect. Anyway. Yeah. Um, We've got stories, though. 
we got to do more stories next time. <laughs> okay, last one, and right. I'm later than heck. You're but, good, but that's normal. Um, I've said this before, but I want your opinion. If Levis was healthy, and I, I said this many, many times, Jimmy will back me up on this. I, I think he was hurt before the season started. I think he was hurt during the season. I would have sat his fanny. If he can't run, he's not the same quarterback. That's just me. That's just how I feel. If Levis was healthy, they would have won a couple more games. You'd think I'd learn to turn. Is that a train coming through? Yeah, it is. My grandson likes it. It's all good. I hear you. Um, If the offensive line was like three, four years ago and Levis was healthy, Leon Combe would not be here. Not be here. I, no, I can see where you would be leaning that way. In other words, as much as Stoops wanted Liam Combe, and Scangarillo was an idiot, I mean this. You're an idiot if you ask college kids to learn nomenclature that's, that's several, 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 several syllables long. That is so stupid, it's unbelievable. But you know who I blame for that? Stoops. Yeah. Because it's his, he's, he's it's like Cal. It's his program. His program. And by the way, I respect you hired him. Yeah, I respect the hell out of Stoops. I think he's done a spectacular job. Right. He ain't perfect. I'm not perfect. Right. He lets his coaches coach. But sometimes you look at something, you say, "What, uh, dude? You can't do this." Right. You're asking. He a, should have picked up on that early. 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 Yeah, he should have picked up on that really football. early. Well, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. You I, know what's up? You you can't let it get to the point where it's. It's like a runaway freight train. After Speaking of first, trains. I'm sorry, Moss. After the yeah, nice <laughs> analogy. After the first day of spring football, we would have talked. And you know what? I think Stoops knows it. Because he said I've made some mistakes. Well, I respect the hell out of Stoops. He screwed up. You know, and I've got to tell you the truth, I thought it was a good hire. But I also didn't know he would do that. You cannot. Yeah, I don't think any of us did. No, but I liked his resume, and I made a couple phone calls, and I heard good things right. about him. And the, you know, the 49ers, and the 49ers yeah. are known for that West Coast offense, and, you know, Shanahan, the whole Shanahan tree and all that stuff. I mean, you, you would think it was going to work. Landon Young, when he was on the phone, I said, call out a play <laughs> for the Saints, and they have two options. Jimmy, what, did it drive you That's nuts, it? too? Oh, no. It was, it, it was, how long was it? Oh, I think you're it, talking about. I think it was one of the more easy plays too, and that's I think what it, he said. It was probably a ten to twelve second no saying way. the play. Yeah, yeah, and there's two options off it, and guess what? You have to instantly know. And at the line of scrimmage, you got to figure out, and then the quarterback will give you a key. You got to figure that out. You can't be stupid and play in playing the NFL on the offensive line. So now it it supposedly was just as tough, if not tougher, for Skangarill and these Kentucky kids. Wow, that's disgusting. Wow, I thought Mummy had it right. Mummies was like, all right, we're going mosquito formation, <laughs> which was every play. You know, couch would be like mosquito, mosquito, and then yeah. Uh, wow. When mummy, no, was, I know you. I know you've got to be smart to play in that league. Yeah, but you got to be smart to play in college. But you got sure. other things going on. I asked yeah. Mummy, who was on a couple of weeks ago. I said, how much? You know, other guys, as you know, have changed somewhat the air raid based upon defenses. Tony Franklin told me he had to change when he was Cal, was running the ball more because that's the defense is adjusted, so, and they were running the ball pretty good, neither here nor there. So I didn't mention Tony Franklin's name to, to Mummy. I don't do that. I'm friends with both, but never mentioned the name to the other. You're smiling because, you know, they're not. They're I friends. know. Yeah, it's all good. Now. If you know, you know. If you know, you know. That's hey, right. I'm not, it's not that I don't want to go into it. Not now. Um, and, and I said to Hal, I said, how much have you changed with, with what you're doing? He goes, nothing. He goes, Isn't that crazy? Yeah, he says, there's no reason to. If you run it right, you're always going to succeed. One I of those that. coaches. And I know another guy who was here 
who led him to what a couple of Final Fours, uh, named Patino, who was like, "We're going to run it till we run it right." Right. So was Rupp. Yeah. Uh, I got two words for you. Yes, sir. Thank you. Oh, no problem. Tell everybody again how to follow you on Twitter. It's it's pretty simple. Whether it's uh, Moss or Jeff Drummond or I'm, I I can go on and on. The people that we have on the show, if you like Kentucky and you're not following Moss, you should. You know, if Keith Farmer on the show, if you don't follow Keith, you should. You should follow Brian Milam. I mean, it, it's there's a lot of really good people that to follow, so I keep on pushing out for wonders. First of all, you're giving me your time. And, and some people say, okay, it's good for me, too, being on the show. That's a day not, off. That's fine. But you know what? I feel like I owe everybody something back to kind of push what you're doing and stuff like that. So add Steve to your list one more time. Steve Moss, WKYT. At Steve Moss, WKYT. Competition isn't the same as it. Come on. It, it really is not. No. no. And that's not kind of negative. Well, and you and I both are competitors. Yeah. Brian Milan played college baseball. He's a competitor. He is a competitor. Keith is a competitor. Keith is smooth. Yeah. He's, a comp- he's yeah. smooth. I don't so, know if I've ever seen him rattled. Okay. Except when talking to me. No, I'm kidding, Keith. He's on the show Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, he just had a birthday. Yep. Yep. You know what's interesting? How much he's aged since I've left. Looking wow. wise. He really has. Really? Yeah, for years. I haven't he, noticed. Yeah, r- really? Uh-uh. Oh, hey, hey. You look at a picture from 2018. And you look at a picture today. He's aged nine to ten years since I left. I actually thought he'd look younger. Me being out of his hair. Yeah, well, he's doing well. Uh, Keith is doing great. Yeah, they're good guys. We we uh, bust we bust chops. Thanks, Moss. You're welcome, Steve Moss. Alan Cutler, thirteen hundred AM, ninety two point five FM. The Alan Cutler Show on ESPN ninety two point five and thirteen hundred AM. And- Keep you protected from life's uncertainties. Reach out to A.J. Boss or Zach Bennett at 859-263-2771 to see if auto owner's insurance makes sense for you. At Don Franklin, we're more than a group of car dealerships. We're hardworking, everyday people of Kentucky. We strive daily to give 110% to our customers, our employees, and our families. We are committed to providing everyone with a safe and reliable vehicle and we continue our tradition of supporting our local communities. At all 24 dealerships across Kentucky, we will treat you like family. Don Franklin Family of Dealerships, we are Kentucky. Hear the best SEC talk in America on the Paul Feinbaum Show with me, Paul Feinbaum, weekdays 3 to 7 on ESPN 92.5 and 1300 AM. Back to No Filter Radio with Alan Cutler. Podcasts on Apple, Spotify, and Google, Monday through Friday. That was cool with Moss. It really was. You know, and that's the truth. There were times we were tooth and nail. And then uh, we got on each other a little bit. But you know what was really cool? And I, not that I'm not saying because he's not here. I mean, he just we had a long talk about a year or so before I retired. And ever since then, we've been cool. Because the truth is, we like kind of the same things. No kidding. And we're both competitors. And, you know, what happens in television, like right now, Keith Farmer has an advantage. And everybody at Channel 18, because they do the BBN show. That's just the way it is. And for years, Channel 27 had an advantage because they had an inside look at certain things that we couldn't get. It's just life as we know it. So, um, it's just interesting. The Pete Rose story I thought was classic. 
Jimmy, I don't know how much stories like that have you heard, but Pete Rose can be a jerk. <laughs> yeah, that's what some people have said. Maybe that's where the origin of Don't Meet Your Heroes came from. Um, yeah. And by the way, I like Pete, but he did it to me too. I mean, you know, but I got to tell you what, as it's the story I told before, it's in the book Cut to the Chase. Had he done it to me when I was 23, would I have handled it well? No. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, let me just tease what's coming up next uh, for the rest of the week. Uh, plus, oh my gosh, I've got five pages of notes that didn't get on. And and by the are these hand scribbled or are these typed? That's typed. <laughs> it's nuts. I do that every day. Um, like what's going on this week. I like what's going on every week, to tell you the truth. Uh, Hal McCoy, the Hall of Famer, will join us tomorrow, along with Jeremy Caudill. Jeremy joins us all the time during the football season. He's a great dude. Happy to have him back. And Hal McCoy is a treasure. He's just the Hall of Famer. He's just a treasure. Uh, Corey Price on Wednesday with something very special that he's doing. Keith Farmer, hope we're still friends after what I said, also on Wednesday. Walt Wells, also on Wednesday. And Mark Tidrow, the Ball State play-by-play man, also on Wednesday. That's four guests. Uh, there's no show Friday. Uh, Brad Taylor will be coming in at 145 on Thursday. Normally it'll be Friday, but we don't have a show on Friday. Because uh, if you listen to a show with the bottom line and the gambling aspect uh, with DraftKings, Right, being big now because it's live in the state on September 28th. Uh, we're going to do a little more gambling. And I had asked Brad a while ago, would you come on the day before Kentucky plays to give a gambling thing? And I said, will it not take away from the show? He said, I'd love to do it. So he will be coming on. And tell you what, Jimmy, I don't know how often you've listened to his show. I do just about every day. I can't say every day because it's not true, but just about every day. And um, does really good work. What do you think of 26 and a half points in Kentucky? I don't bet, but you know what? I think with the DraftKings, this is my excuse. Yeah, to start an account. I, I'm thinking about. And this sounds really cheap, but I'm thinking about doing like five dollars a game. I, yeah, I, I mean that's yeah. and that's the thing with gambling is it's don't gamble to get yourself out of your tax bracket. <laughs> is a is a saying that a lot right. of people that's have. That's a good saying. Yeah, you don't even have to bet a lot, but just it makes the game more interesting. Is why I enjoy doing it. But well, here's my theory. Now, the DraftKings, and we're doing commercials for it, but the DraftKings set up, they give you 200 bucks if you sign up for the first day. Yeah. So my thing was, I was forgetting about this. I don't know we were going to do the commercials and stuff like that, which we are, and I don't know when they start, but I was going to put 100 bucks in, and if I lost 20 in a row, for example, <laughs> and I, I'm out $100, you think that'd be a sign I should never do this? Yeah, probably. Probably. Yeah. And my thing is, you know, if – if, let's say, the betting $5 a game got me up to $300, would I go up to maybe $10? Maybe. But it's a fun thing. I'm yeah. not, not going to get – I mean, I go to Keeneland. Yeah, it's no. It's just like the horse rate. There's some people in horse rating that, you know, they say it's a unit. You know, when you bet a game, it's one unit is what a lot of gamblers use. Maybe put half a unit on this if you're not as confident. For some people, one unit is $1,000. For other people that go to Keeneland – They'll just put five bucks on a trifecta. Yeah, see, who I, cares? I, it's what, just something. I don't know if this makes sense to you. What I do at Keeneland, I'll either bet two dollars to win, two dollars across the board, which is six dollars. Yeah, or five dollars to win on a horse. Yeah, those those are the, outside. Derby Day was very different because I was around the horses. I did mm-hmm. very well Derby Day for all those years, and I did nicely on Oaks Day, but Derby Day was really good. But other than that, I mean, I had a twenty dollar rule. Yeah. I'm going to Keeneland, and this happened to me one time. I was really stupid. I bet uh, lost twenty bucks in two in two races, and my thing was, and I had money in my pocket, not mm-hmm. a lot, but guess what? 
had a twenty dollar rule. If I lose twenty dollars, I stop. Because he never get in trouble that way. Exactly. Yes. So yeah. to me, that's enter- if 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 you go to the movies, right, and you get some popcorn and a drink. Now I don't drink the soda stuff. But if you, how easy to spend twenty bucks? Oh yeah. So I'm looking at this way. If I lose twenty bucks betting at Keeneland, then okay, I'm done. And mm-hmm. I would, and, and there have been a couple times, like fifth or sixth race, I would just leave, or I would just stay to watch another race because it was a horse alike. But I didn't break the twenty dollar rule. And, and that would be my advice to somebody signing up at DraftKings. Yeah. Sign up. Have fun with it. Don't go too far. Uh, got to say this. Got to say this. Mono Lane, and I should have done this with Moss was here because he knows the Lane family too very well. 77 years young. You know what she did? Don Lane's wife, the great Transy coach whose son Brian, who's done a great job for decades at Transy. You know what she did? Hole in one. Really? <laughs> at Hilton Head. I think that's great. We got the Brandon Nichols play? Yeah. Tell me when you got it. And this is why I want to do it. I thought he would make it in the NFL. He's going to be, it seems like, a much much better player in the NFL than he was. He's just getting better and better than he was at Kentucky. DeVito with a nice ball fake, and that pass intercepted. And a chance to take it home is Brandon Nichols. For the diving pick six. You know what's cool about that play? Because I saw the play. He's like a fox. He laid back, was off the receiver on purpose, and timed it so he had enough room to step in. And immediately, boom, took off to step in. It was a great play. It really was. That was kind of the play that you would see oftentimes when I was a kid when DB's DPs don't seem to con quarterbacks as much. Mm. And it might be because quarterbacks are getting rid of the ball so so much quicker. Yeah. And I think quarterbacks are better, and they're not throwing as many picks as they used to throw. And the concepts that receivers run are probably more complex now than they used to be. But, yeah, that's that's how you they see. They are. That's a good point. That's how you see a good corner is because he knew exactly what was coming. Yep. You have to wait. You see it a lot of time with safeties. Ed Reed used to be great at oh, it man. back in the day. Oh, man. He would flip his hips one way. on. There's one play against Peyton Manning. He flipped his hips towards the field on purpose, knowing Peyton would see that and throw it behind him. And as soon as he did it, he flipped around and sprinted towards the sideline and got an interception. You know, I remember when I saw that story years ago, I'm going, he just conned. Yeah. One of the all-time greats. Yeah, the all-time great brains in all of football. Yeah. Yeah. It's the the chess match within the game. Liars poker? Yeah. Hey, I got a 7, 8, and a 9, but I'm going to tell you I got three queens. Yeah. Right? Mm Mm-hmm. That's a great play. Might I always understand that Stoops tried hard to get him here, Ed Reed. Oh, I I would bet. Yeah. Oh, to coach. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, can you imagine him as a DB coach? Yeah. Can you imagine Ed Reed as a DB coach? First of all, sitting in meetings and he starts telling stories. Oh, how good would that be? Amazing. Yeah. That secondary that the Jets have with Sauce Gardner on one side and Eccles, I don't I don't know where he's going to play, if he'll be their nickelback or what he's going to do, but he's... He'll be on the field a lot. Yeah. As we get ready for the season, this is my favorite stat for Kentucky. I guess you're supposed to say going to all the bowl games in a row. I'm going to give you my favorite stat. Tell me if you like the bowl games better or this, because without this, you can't go to the bowl game. So, yeah, it's catch-22. One possession game record in the last three seasons. Kentucky has been in 13 one-possession games. 
They're nine and four. I'm gonna guess that when Joker was here, he wasn't even four and nine. That's one stat. By the way, Georgia's five and zero. Oh. Alabama's eight and three. That surprised mm. me, by the way. Yeah. Which how many national championships has Alabama won the last couple of years? None. Yeah. So uh Kentucky's nine and four. LSU is nine and five. Florida's, are you ready for this? Four and ten. Mm. So the confidence in this program, this stat to me tells me at nut crunch time, which Stoops has done and the staff has done to instill confidence in these kids is absolutely unequivocally, I think, off the charts. Big thanks to Steve Mossy. That was fun. I hope you enjoyed the conversation, Jimmy. That was great. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? He's got lots of stories. And, and I think what this show is, is is just having a conversation with people telling stories. Mossy's got stories. Uh, guess what? We've got guys this week so we'll tell stories. Um, pretty cool. Pretty cool. Jimmy, as always, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Matthew and Jimmy coming up at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. I will see you at noon. Reds and Giants, big series, 9-15 pregame show. Brad Taylor coming up next. I'm Alan Cutler. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for telling your friends. Podcast will be up in a couple minutes on Apple, Spotify, and Google. The Alan Cutler Show. Listen live. ESPN Lexington is the app. Or on 1300 AM, 92.5 FM. It's summertime, and that means it's time to hit the road. Whether you're heading across town or across the state, going on a picnic to a baseball game or driving to the lake, stop by, fill up, and stock up.